Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and please join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast. It's a great idea. And you can leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Also a great idea. Yeah, seriously. And this week, we have an extremely special guest. We're so This is so exciting for so many reasons, but not the least of which is we haven't had a guest in a long time. <laughs> I know. We're really lonely, so we're really happy to have you. It's Rachel Tashjian, the style writer at GQ and the co-host of GQ Styles Corporate Lunch Podcast. Woo! Hi. Welcome. Thank you. We're so excited to talk royal style with you. Your Twitter feed is seriously one of my favorite things in the world. Thank you. You just make me so happy. <laughs> Usually Twitter just makes me sad, but I was going to say, anybody happy. who makes Twitter a happy place needs to be lauded at every opportunity. So this week we got a lot. Um, obviously, Louie's birthday. Mm-hmm. We got some Easter stuff. Yes. Not about bunnies. Alas. Was that a funny joke or was that bad? <laughs> no. <not laughs> Probably a bad joke. I was like, Easter's over. I, I forgot about the bunny part of things, but yes. yes. Then we got the Africa rumors. Uh, and then we have Rachel here to talk about Princess Diana's street style because she wrote an article that I am truly jealous of yeah. for GQ just about that thing. Yes. So excited. Me too. It's a stacked, stacked evening. Yeah. We got a lot. We got to get through this. Oh, and we have a royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. It is a French 75. Well, it's like most of the stuff that needs to go into a French 75. In various amounts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have some sparkling rosé and gin. If in like a perfect world, we'd have simple syrup that we mixed up ourselves. But like, wh- who are we? We've established that we just like cocktails that have two ingredients. Two ingredients. Um, I'm going to adjust that list to say I like ing- I like cocktails that are sparkly things sparkly okay. wine with then just liquor on top yeah. this is quite strong quite strong so I we'll know. see it's gonna be a fun night it's exciting <laughs> fun episode so uh, first we have a listener email okay I heavily highlighted this one as you can see oh um, will you please do it then <laughs> because it, it's long um, but it's so good and so it, it was a struggle and I knew I had to prepare myself so we got a, an email from hold on can I just say I didn't yes. know you had highlighters do they have them at the studio yeah whoa here right here this has changed my life I'm gonna use highlighters now it's a really good one actually I have to say um, being a dweeb okay. but um so this is from Samantha and she has an amazing story about um, her uncle who was a photographer who's worked in New York City. Um, so he has photographed a royal. So she was at uh, she was celebrating the I don't actually know which holidays, but it was a holiday weekend, obviously, just now. As I was chatting with my family, I, of course, had to bring up my other, other family, the British royal family. And she started chatting with her uncle, and he said, So have I ever told you I took Fergie's photo? The Fergie, not Black Eyed Peas Fergalicious, but Duchess Fergie. Uh, so basically, Megan and I are BFF via only three degrees of separation. Wow. So <laughs> Samantha's uncle was hired by Fergie's people to do a photo shoot of her in New York in the 80s or 90s. She's not sure. And and when Fergie got there, I guess she didn't, she thought it was just an interview. She didn't realize there was going to be a photo shoot attached. And she like freaked out and started drilling the photographer, you know, her uncle, the photographer, with hard- hardcore with questions like, who sent you? Who are these photos being used for and where? Are they going to be sold to the paparazzi? He had to sign an NDA, um, but not so much an NDA because he's disclosing it now, um, but that the photos could only be used for that one time use. Um, and then her people instructed him and his team to refer to her only as Duchess and not ma'am, which I kind of love. She's fancy. She's yeah. Fergie, you know? Um, and then the next, so that was all like they fought it out the first day. The next day she shows up to the shoot. She was in a much better mood this time around. At one point she even told everyone in the room something along the lines of, pep up and why is everyone so serious? And they were like, oh, because you scared the crap out of us yesterday. Um, which I love. And then she included, Samantha included photos of herself with 98 degrees at peak 98 <laughs> degrees to show that her uncle did photograph celebrities. <laughs> Do you think Nick was married to Jessica yet? Or I were actually, they just together and not? As a boy band you know what I mean? scholar, um, I think this is early promo of 98 degrees. Right. Because the turtlenecks are so huge. Yeah. And not that they ever became a stylish group by any means. I mean, you're a, an expert of men's style. 
Do you concur? <laughs> Doesn't this seem like maybe this is 98-ish, not even 2000? It does seem like approximately 98. And as I'm actually looking at this, I'm wondering like why we haven't made the connection between this and Drake. Interesting. <gasps> oh my yeah. God. Yeah, it's quite, there are a lot of, it's that big. Yeah. 98 degrees foretold Drake. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of really, really big turtlenecks. And also Nick Lachey has like blonde streaks in the very front. It's not Frosted just turtlenecks. Tips. Frosted tips. Thank you. Two of them have on white or light colored turtlenecks and two of them have on white or light colored V-necks. Definitely, they have different personalities. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Exactly. Before we leave Samantha behind, she also included a uh, a story that her stepdad is English, and he goes home, of course, to visit family and friends. And he has friends who live in Buckleberry near the Middletons. <gasps> yes. Wow. And that the in Buckleberry. In Buckleberry. <laughs> Crazy. And like the, legit Buckleberry. <laughs> yeah. And that the friends told him that after George was born, Kate's mom was at a local pub showing her friends photos of baby George on her iPhone. Um, and Samantha wrote gel all caps with 15 exclamation points. Samantha, I'm going to need to know the name of that pub. I know. Yeah, that's exactly. what I was thinking too. Is it called like the spotted dog pig? I hope so. Probably. Something yeah. adorable. It's like uh, the horse hair. Yeah. We also got one more photo of Samantha at her bridal shower, which was tea party themed. And there was a big cutout of Kate Middleton. And she has a fascinator she has that's a fascinator. bigger than my head. Yeah. Which Samantha is really big. is wearing an extraordinary fascinator. Uh, brava, Samantha. And thank you for this excellent, excellent anecdote. She's trying to find the Fergie photos at the next family holiday. She's like, oh, you're going to have to bring those to me. So when you get those, please feel free to share info at gallerypodcast.com. Can I just say, if I met 98 degrees in the 90s, the late 90s, I would have died. Yeah. I would have been like, these are my husbands. We're married now. This is my new life. Well, I have to say, our friend Samantha here looks very cool, calm, and collected in the photo. Like, it just right. looks like she's there with her buddies. It she don't... looks like she's the fifth member of yeah, that Yeah, 100%. Degrees. She she's... looks like she's in a really great limited two outfit. Yes. Yeah. Def. Oh, I think yeah, I had that yeah. top. Like a plaid top unbuttoned over a tank top. Oof. It's a good look. Mm -hmm. Good luck. So now for This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. We're going way, way, way back. Way back to last year. This time last year, where we recorded several episodes, or at least one episode after he arrived, saying just baby boy Cambridge, because we didn't have his name yet. Oh my God, Caitlin, I like blacked out. I forget I know. all of that stuff. I know. I actually, we had just launched the show a couple weeks before he was born, and I actually think we called him officially Arthur on the podcast, because we had been told it would be Arthur. Wow. And we felt safe enough to record a whole episode calling him Arthur. And by being told, Bold. I mean, like, bookie publicists yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, emailing us, being like, the odds are it's probably... Arthur. But the thing is, the bookies know these things based on like centuries of royal. Like it's not right. pulled out of right. nowhere. Like George was the number one pick. Everyone was saying it would be George, and it was. Everyone was saying it would be Charlotte, and it was. So like, I hundred percent thought it would be Arthur. And now we have an Arthur Matthews, like oh, yeah. Middleton Matthews. Pippa's kid is Pippa's Arthur. kid is Arthur, which makes me sad because I really would have liked that for Harry and Meghan's kid also. And I feel like now that can't happen. But we'll see. Or Maybe. Arthur, uh, if it's a girl. <laughs> or that. I hope not. I, I hope not for so, her sake. April 23rd, 2018. If we can remember that far back. Mm. Wow. Ancient history. Yes. Prince Louis was born. Not and then Arthur. that same day, Kate Middleton stepped out looking better than I have ever yeah. looked in my yeah, entire yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. And took a picture with her child that she had just given birth to. Yeah. It's, it's like disturbing to see. Yeah. I can't even imagine as... A woman in her 30s who's never had children. <laughs> I've asked many friends who've had kids. Very graphic questions. It sounds unpleasant. We, um, yeah. I just read last week Megan O'Connell, a cut writer, an occasional cut writer's yeah. book, and now we have everything on motherhood before I was ready, which is um, the m beautifully written but the most absolutely horrific tale of the first couple of months of motherhood and labor itself. The labor story was so bad I had to put my head between my knees on the six train because oh I thought God. I was going to faint. It's um ah. evocative. It is evocative. Well, I can't um, wait to read because she's a fantastic writer. She is a great writer. Um, you but, almost caused a train delay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like sick passenger. Um, but it, it made me feel like extra bad for any even joking I have done about Meghan Markle. Like, please give me your baby because now I'm like oh my God, you earth goddess. You, I am ready whenever you're willing to let me know that that baby is born. No pressure, no pressure. You can tell me by September, that's fine. Like <laughs> it was harrowing. Um, okay, anyway, sorry, less harrowing Prince Louis. Yeah, he's cute. Um, obviously, I joke that he was super elusive and 
Twitter came for me. But what was funny was the joke was on them because I was joking. Yes. <laughs> no one got the joke. No, some people aren't smart enough for Lisa's humor. OK. Um, and a our, lot of people don't get when I'm joking. <laughs> our social media manager, Mel, today, um, she screenshotted a bunch of our listeners. You guys um, saying the elusive baby, the elusive baby on Facebook and our Instagram comments. And she was like, Lisa, see, the listeners understand you. I know. Everyone's Thank like, look, God. here's a picture of him, the elusive baby. Like, I've been dragged before, but this was a time where I was like, I'm fine with this one. This one is humorous. Yeah, you guys are being dumb. But yeah, we got more elusive. Indeed. The elusive Lisa. I am super elusive. Do you know anything about my life? I don't just like talk about everything (laughs) that ever happened to me, like almost majoring in French or like walking (laughs) out of the LSATs. (laughs) But um, yeah, elusive Lisa with her extremely highbrow humor that not everyone can understand. Um, But anyway, we so it's his one year birthday today, um, the day we're recording on Tuesday. And we got our wish um, as we predicted last week. Uh, We got a Prince Louis photo last night. Three of them, in fact. And they were pretty great. They were taken by my um, one of my top two favorite photographers, Kate Middleton. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My other favorite is Prince Harry, who we learned from the Sussex Royal Instagram account, is also a nature photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, Not Geo, watch your backs. He did, as Caitlin has said before, he looked like a tiny accountant. (laughs) He does. Yeah, <laughs> he does his little the little maroon sweater with the like buttons on the shoulders. So cute. I loved the doggy sweater. Rachel, yes. please, with your style um, <laughs> yeah. expertise. What did you think about his outfits? I thought the dog sweater was like definitely the top outfit. Yeah. I mean, if you can get like a really quirky British sweater, like there's oh, nothing yeah. that is like more That's um, so important true. or significant. And he made it look even more uh, British by rolling around in moss, apparently, in the yeah. for the photo. I mean, at that age, again, I'm not like an expert in child development, but I think it's just exciting when he can completely sit up on his own. Right. But it looks kind of like maybe he did that baby thing that's so terrifying, but then they're okay, where he like threw himself back into moss. Right. And then rolled around and then right. they propped him back up. Well, it also sort of made me think like, who's doing this kid's hair? Okay. It's so perfectly quaffed. Not to be... Mm-hmm. Um, broody per usual but I was so excited about this and thank you to so many listeners for tagging me when these photos arrived that I made a short list of things I'd like to discuss Mm. Um, number one hair color a perfect like what's the word blonde brown like brown blonde 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 yeah perfect blonde it looked a little bit like Charlotte's a little bit like George's do you know I speculated at his birth I don't know if I said this aloud Mm. I thought he was a brunette I was wrong. Well, you know, he'll probably become a brunette eventually, right. as we all do. Right. Not so much you, Rachel, but the rest of us, you know, start out light and it just gets darker and darker. I was this dark from birth. Actually, I yeah, know me too. Me too. <laughs> My brother, he was pure blonde. Um, but yeah, so we had that. Um, the eye color, I think, was kind of Charlotte's are blue, George's are brown. These look kind of hazily too, like right in the middle. Um, those tiefers, this is what I wrote in my actual notes. These tiefers, perfect little teeth yeah. in the bottom. Mm-hmm. We see them in all of the photos, um, the aforementioned moss on the sweater, um, joy, the joy, the joy that he's feeling, um, the fact that he looks so Middleton-y. He looks just like Kate Middleton's dad. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Usually, I feel like occasionally people are, when we look at babies and we're like, oh, I completely see this person. You're like, that's just a baby. You're not really seeing it. But in this case, I was like, man, that's a Middleton. Although anytime someone tells me they see a different person in a baby, I'm like, yes. Yeah, like, I see yeah. that too. So if someone was like, this is such a William, I'd be like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, and this is a go in the eyebrows. Yeah. The eyebrows are extraordinary. Um, and then this might be a weird comment as well, but as we've covered, I'm creepy. <laughs> I feel like he looks very adult. I was going to say, it looks like he's giving an amazing speech to like... <laughs> Tell everyone like, hey, like we won World War Three. Britain's like back on top. (laughs) Like the one where his hair is perfectly swirled and he doesn't have the big open mouth. um, The dog sweater one. He looks like a headshot for his LinkedIn. (gasps) It does. You know, like it's so serious. And as opposed to I think George and Charlotte, where I'm not really sure what they're going to look like as adults. I feel like I do know what this kid will look like as a grown up because he is a grown up. Yeah. At one year old. You know what? I really like the. I love the doggy sweater for him, but for me, I would personally like the red-ish sweater that he's I'd wearing. I'd wear that tomorrow for sure. I would wear it, yeah. I like the nubbiness. I like the little pocket. Yeah. I like the buttons. The buttons on the, the buttons They're surprising. Yeah. Like, what do they mean? I love them. He also seems to be wearing like a Peter Pan collar that is poking up because, again, 
he's a baby. Right. He's a disheveled little baby. (laughs) And can I just say thank you to Kensington Palace for lifting the embargo at five o'clock our time instead of after I signed off for the day. Yeah, actually. Thank you. So these were these leaked early yesterday because Lisa sent them to me on like a fan account. And I was like, where are these from? I didn't send them like check him out I'm like oh, a leak yeah yeah no she was very official and journalisty. right um I was like where are these from because they weren't on the Kensington Palace account and they had definitely leaked and they were taken down almost immediately okay. um and then they kept popping up because of course people had already screenshotted them um but yes then KP just posted them really at the end of the day on in New York Times so it was very late over there um but very appreciated mm-hmm. for the bloggers yeah. For the Lisa's. It was really great for me because I was going to spin class. <laughs> so it worked out totally Thanks. fine. Thanks, Louie. And I accidentally signed up for tempo instead of regular. So it was <laughs> it was a really exciting day for me. Is this where we're going to mention that um, when we got that gram that the Sussexes commented on it? Oh, yeah. You should mention it. <laughs> Here I am. I'm mentioning it. Bring it up. Um, so at Sussex Royal commented on the Louie uh, birthday post. Does anyone have it nearby? Hold on. Oh, God. I mean, the important thing is really just that um, it said something like, happy birthday, Louie. I'm going to open up my post on the cut that Sherry Janetti <laughs> has taken the headline from. I think it was j- like something happy birthday, but the important thing and why I, of course, mentioned oh, it. Oh, I have it. They okay, said, thank you. happy birthday, Louie, sending lots of love from both of us. Cake emoji, balloon emoji, <laughs> XO. So many things to unpack for there. So we're recording Tuesday, which means obviously we don't have any royal baby Sussex news. And the person, whomever wrote it, we all have our ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they said from the both of us, which instead of both of us, three of us or from us. So I believe at this juncture, a royal baby other than Louie or Zara Phillips' kid yeah. has not yet been born. Confusing. And then also XO. American. Yes. So again, these are the kind of things that I don't pick up unless a British person points or like an expert in the vernacular of the two countries points this out. But a British person would say XX. Americans say XO. I had a British friend in college, so I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I would just think of them as interchangeable, but I guess I also only like sign cards XO, right? Like I or whatever, sign things XO. Yeah. To loved ones. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't think to do XX. So yes. So everyone was like, it was Megan. Um, possibly. Maybe. But or I just, maybe it's like an Anne Hathaway thing, which, oh, Elizabeth Holmes wrote about this for Town and Country, mm-hmm. the cover story, where Anne Hathaway, like, drafts her comments or her Instagrams and she, like, steps away for, like, an hour. That's and a, then that sounds exactly someone else right. publishes it. I'm misquoting, but like she's a top it. editor. Yeah. Someone yeah. top edits her Instagram. I wish feeds. someone would top edit my life. Yeah, that sounds like it would be very helpful. And it seems extremely <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Um, but yeah, so those two comments on it, which, again, we really like. And it's good to see the accounts like interacting in a typical sibling way. So on to Easter, which I should have mentioned was also Queen Elizabeth's birthday. Sure was. Um, While they were at services, uh, the organist played Happy Birthday to You while she when she was in there okay wait does it sound festive if it's coming from an organist i think so what it do you also think seems it like reminds cheeky. you a little bit of your own mortality <laughs> and when you're like pushing 95 that's not pushing necessarily 93. what you want to three also can i just say on easter i was with my grandma her birthday is april 22nd and she was turning 91 so wow. we were also celebrating her birthday on easter and i was like grammy did you realize that I'm sure I'm the first person to tell her this in her 91 years of life. I was like, you are basically birthday twins with Queen Elizabeth. And she was like, oh, yes, she's two years older than me. But like just two Taurus gals tearing up the 20th century. I felt very proud. When my grandma turned 100, she got a letter from Queen Elizabeth because she lives in a Commonwealth country. And you get what? that when you turn 100. Wow. What? I think you have to like request there it. There's so many perks to being wow. British. She also got a letter from Tiger Woods, but that's different. That is a story <laughs> that, that was I more need of like to a hear. Request <laughs> I feel like we have so much to cover tonight. Know, like, yeah. We got to go yeah. through it. Listen, um, on our next our podcast, Tigerly Obsessed, that's what we'll discuss. <laughs> so the first thing we noticed... On Easter, Kate Middleton's outfit. Amazing. Extraordinary. As a style writer, what do you think, (laughs) Rachel? I thought it was good. Yeah. 
I thought it was good. I thought it was very Kate Middleton. Yeah. It was a rewear. I mean, it's cool that she wears so much Alexander McQueen. Yes. Yes. It is. It's great to keep that dream alive. It was also a bit of a wedding homage because it was an Alexander McQueen dress and she rewore her wedding day earrings. Oh, Do nice. we think there was symbolism in that? I mean, it is her wedding anniversary week. Yeah. Um, that is could, it? Yes. What, what week is this? This is the last week of April. Oh, yeah, 29th. I mean, we could do it for. Spoiler alert. We could do it for next week's This Week in Royal History. <laughs> Let me write it down. Their wedding anniversary is April 29th. It's like emblazoned in my brain. But um, I think it's a bit of that. Like it's your wedding anniversary. Let's wear these ridiculous diamond earrings. Ridiculous in the best way. But Alexander McQueen and it's a whole outfit that she wore on a previous Easter. Yeah. Um, I just really like the color. It was like a lavendery gray well, that's a real queen color yes I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. you know like most women her age don't wear those kinds of like muted pastel colors yeah. but she's really like you know she knows like what is in store for her obviously yes. and is like really like becoming comfortable wearing like those colors and those silhouettes i agree and it mm-hmm. was it was one of those coats that just looks immaculate and they've got yes. the cut oh, looks well so the shoulders were yeah. just so like yeah it was pristine. gorgeous i love the fascinator and with her dark hair on the like dove gray was just top notch extraordinary kate middleton appearance but so a thing that a lot of people noticed from this outing which was a church outing let's Let's mention that. Yeah, it's not even an outing. It's just like they walked in and they like, walked out of church. They went to church. It was the church at Windsor, right? Mm-hmm. And so Harry obviously now lives like on the property yeah. and Harry attended, but he didn't walk in with Will and Kate. And then at this like moment where they were greeting the queen, he didn't stand next to Will, but then he like kind of briefly interacted with Kate. But because there have been so many rumors lately and then there have been some reports that we're about to touch on. People were all like, what's happening? Why are they avoiding each other? And it's one of those situations where it's like, were they avoiding each other? Or was it just like five minutes of them not standing next to each other and everything's fine? I didn't sit next to my brother at Easter on Sunday. He was being annoying, as he often is. He had stayed up all night. He was like mainlining coffee. I was like, you're 29. Grow up. Stop doing this. Sounds like a brother. (laughs) Sounds like a brother. I was like, ugh, sit over there. Like, I don't want to deal with you. So like, is that so different? I don't know. I do like, so a lot of people have been asking about this and I mean, asking me personally. (laughs) That's when I know that a royal story is really reaching a fever pitch when my non-royally obsessed friends will be like, okay, Give it to me straight. What's the deal with the two brothers? And I'm like, Ugh. none of my friends have asked me, but I wonder if I don't have that many friends. <laughs> Maybe you don't have that many friends who are not royally obsessed or who aren't like in the media reading this stuff all day. Because mm. that's how I know is when a friend will be like, I saw it on the cover of People, so it must be a big thing. So p- they covered it. There was literally the cover of People like two weeks ago that the two brothers are like hating each other. Um, and that stems allegedly reportedly, from Prince William being like, whoa, slow down a bit about Harry and Meghan. And or that he's jealous of how popular they are, which I just in general super don't buy because I think William is pretty low-key and he's going to, in terms of attention in that specific regard. I mean, both of the boys, as we know, are slightly weird about press attention given what happened to their mother. So I don't feel like they care if one's getting more attention than the other. Like, that just doesn't yeah. track for me. And so, William's going to be king. So, like, If no. this were, like, a plot line on The Crown, which I'm sure it will be in, like, five years, I would love for it to be the jealousy thing because that would be yeah. so, like, dramatic and wonderful or just, like, a Lifetime movie or a soap opera. That would be amazing. But, I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, maybe they're just going through a rough patch. Like, it could just be, like, a year or two of growing pains as things change. But I will say, like, I have really sort of shaken most of this off as rumors but how hard is it to get through an easter appearance when you know everyone has this narrative about you like just talk to each other for 40 seconds you but know? then it's like then it's it's suspicious that's true because also if they were talking to each other we'd be like hmm what are they doing here what are they yeah, trying to say why are they fraternizing in that yeah, way because yeah, yeah. they are in a fraternity of brotherhood um, there's no way they could win with this one I agree I just like stand next to each other don't right. put the Tyndalls between you like just although the Tyndalls are super funny so I understand why you'd want to stand I would, next to I them I would want to sit next to them at church for yeah. sure I'd want to like sit next to them most days of my life at if a they want to marry me <laughs> <laughs> I want to welcome them right in I can be the nanny to Mia so then there were 
several reports. The Sunday Times had a report that essentially they're going to be sending uh, Harry and Meghan away to Africa for two years because they have to contain and harness this Sussex rock star popularity, which was kind of like, what? Yeah, when that when that bubbled up on, I want to say Saturday night, I was like, that's the looniest thing I've ever heard. And then within 24 hours, it was actually a legitimate story, partly because Buckingham Palace didn't deny it. And they actually released a statement just being like, no decisions have been made yet. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but then the Daily Mail. Which is not a denial. The Daily Mail, which we don't usually cite as like defending the Sussexes. They were like, oh no, it would just be like for a few months. And this isn't because they're too popular. It's because they actually want to be in Africa, which if you like follow all the evidence, that makes more sense than right. the like, like sending them away in banishment. And then Today, Tuesday, Omid Scobie had a report on um, Harper's Bazaar basically saying like, yeah, Meghan and Harry are very passionate about working overseas and so they might go away for a few months, but it's not anything to do with anything else. This to me is one of those things that it's so, the story is so filtered based on where your own allegiance lies between these two or how conspiracy theorized you want to get because... Either you think that William is banishing them because he's jealous of them being too cool, or you think, here's a couple who absolutely loves Africa. They loved Africa. They loved, I hate like just saying Africa, like at the continent, first of all. (laughs) They both have traveled extensively to African countries. Um, That's where Harry spent his gap year before university. Um, We already knew Meghan spent time in Rwanda, like as way before she ever met Harry. I also went to Rwanda. Lisa has also been to see that there you go you always yeah. tease me for being well traveled and then this girl so you're like one reporting of the out of Rwanda um, like they both already had this of course we know famously they went on their like magical second or third date in Botswana and in the Lifetime movie that's where they saw the lion of Princess Diana's indeed, spirit indeed. wow yeah did yeah. you see that movie <laughs> yeah I did oh my god it's really it's really something so from that t- like if you want to take that tack they are a newlywed couple who love Africa and never have to really worry about visas or immigration or what job they'll have. like Or you, money. Or money. If you didn't have to worry about money, housing, visas, immigration, or what job you would do when you got there, where would you live for just like a couple of months? I told you I'd get my MFA probably at Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, that's not dreaming big enough for the exercise I'm trying to do. Sarah Lawrence is like 15 miles from here. I'm talking. It has more a like... really great MFA in creative <laughs> writing program. <laughs> I'm talking really more great like professors. If you and your dream dude could go like I don't know live in the Seychelles for four months or like go to Paris for a year and eat baguettes and not ever have to worry about money or housing. What a, like what a dreamy situation. And so I don't it's not a punishment for these two to go live in Africa for a couple of months, you know, yeah. and do amazing work while they're there. Well, and also we may recall that one of the best scenes on the first season of The Crown is when uh Elizabeth and oh, Philip yeah. interact with that elephant. So I'm sure they saw it's the crown. It's such a spectacularly like, yeah, beautiful like, scene when and, she arrives and yeah. like drives down the path with mm-hmm. all the like villagers. It's so beautiful. And a lot of people have also brought up the fact that Elizabeth and Philip were living in Malta for a while, which was depicted in the crown. And that's when they got to have like their regular marriage outside of the spotlight. And then yeah. I guess before, now it is what it is. Yeah. Before when she was married, but before her father died and they were just like young, popular married people who got to live in a country for a couple of years. Again, why wouldn't you want to do that if you yeah. never had to worry about where your career would go or money? Yeah. I yeah, guess I, I mean, would take, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I could take online courses for my MFA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lisa, I think you have dreams. I think you have a dream. I think a dream is bubbling up. I really want to go to grad school, <laughs> but I'm never realized. going to. <laughs> anyway, yeah. go on, Rachel. We want well, to hear what you have to say. I was just say, like, the, uh, the, like, report, like, they're going to Africa is kind of, like, it's so, as you were saying, like, so vague to refer to an entire continent as yeah. if it's, like, one single place that it can only, to me, sound like, you know, we're in someone's, like, really nice living room in a, you know, house that was built in, like, the 
17th century right, right. and someone yeah like a lot of people have had gin and they're like yeah <laughs> like I don't know I've just heard they're like going to Africa and like right. has never been to Africa except exactly. for maybe like their friend from Cambridge has like a game reserve in South Africa or something <laughs> yes, exactly. that actually sounds really right that sounds exactly right and I love um this picture you've painted um it's yeah actually beautiful I mean it's awful but like I, I just imagine a really nice home yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of yeah I would say a lot of the talk has been framed in this ugly way when I think that actually this is an amazing idea. I will say what of the many things that fascinated me about the Sunday Times report. One was that these major uh, staffers of the royal family were named as being the people who are involved in this plan, which seems pretty heavily reported, that they know Mm -hmm. the names of the staffers who have arranged this. Um, Simon Case. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) People like Sir David Manning, the former British ambassador to to the U.S. Um, Like that kind of guy. But what I thought was also wacky about this report was that there was a proposal to make Harry the governor general of Australia or Canada. I got to say, Canada, beautiful country, <laughs> like wonderful people. Celine Dion is from there. Lisa, I was born Lisa there. Lisa was born in, grew up in Canada. <laughs> it's wonderful. Clear. It's joyous. Megan loves it. So that would have been fine. <laughs> and then I, what I thought was so funny about that, too, is that some of the sort of like gossipy aggregations of this story were like, well, those two places are so impractical because there are cameras in Australia and Canada's close to Los Angeles. What? As if, like, there will be more... (laughs) Like, Canada's too close to the U.S. and so there'll be those, you know, dang American paparazzi. And then Australia, there's cameras and camera phones. And again, what do we think Africa is in the year 2019? That it's so remote. They can be posting every hour from Instagram if they want to. That to me, of all the of all of these discussions, I'm like, oh yeah, because Africa, they will be living for like, there's no further away from the global attention. The global attention is wherever they are because we're living in a global society now. Yeah. I don't know. That just irritated me. So we need to get on to the main attraction, the main event, the reason why Rachel is here, Princess Diana and her street style. Yes. I want to ask, so of course we're going to encourage everyone to look at Rachel's story, but I would like to know the genesis of how you started noticing Princess Diana's street style. Okay, so I guess it's like I I grew up, my mother is about her age, so— and my mother and, like, all of her friends, I grew up on the East Coast, were, like, really into everything that she was wearing. Mm. So, like, we always had those, like, People magazine, like, special newsstand issues of, like, just Princess Diana's style. Like, we always had those around the house and that sort of thing. Um, and I remember, like, when I was in high school, I got, like, um, my senior portraits taken and my mother, like, brought in the... Um, the, like, last portrait book of, like, Princess Diana in all the, like, Versace gowns. Did you oh have Mario haircut? Testino. I had the haircut. <gasps> and the my, Diana haircut? Yeah. Oh and my, my mother was like, this is what we want. <laughs> That's amazing. Can your mother so, come on to our podcast? <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Um, so, like, from a, you know, when I was really young, I was, like, always very aware of her. But I think, like, more recently, I guess, like, in the past you know, five or six years when I, like, really seriously started writing about fashion, like, I just, like, became really interested as, this is so bizarre, but, like, as, like, someone who was looking for, like, cool and individual style, I got, like, really into, like, quality and, like, weirdness. And I was, like, a lot of this clothing is not stuff that you're like oh I look at that and I know who made it which is like what a lot of covering fashion is now and I just found that so cool I was like oh she's wearing like a Harvard sweatshirt or she's wearing like this weird little like British country clothing designer that like you know actually is still making clothing but like we don't really know about now or she's wearing like a Scada or you know that sort of thing so that just became like really interesting to me and then like as I um you know, as, like, more and more designers like Virgil Abloh and even, like, the Pals brand or the skateboarding brand Palace were kind of, like, referencing her in collections, then I was like, okay, there's, like, really something here. And I just became much more kind of, like, studious about it. Yeah, you put together so many images of some of her best street style looks. And it's the kind of stuff that, well, you, like, myself as a normal 
a dorky dresser, I was like, oh, that's exactly the kind of thing that I could never wear. And it looks effortless. Like, it's such a bizarre pairing. Like, such bizarre pairings. The bike shorts. Yeah. And, like, all these things. Or just sweatpants tucked into cowboy boots. Things that, like, almost like you're crazy going to a bodega. But on her, just looks, like, slouchy and cool. And, like, she didn't even try very hard. And it's the kind of thing that I could never recreate. And she just... There's so many interesting combinations here. The cowboy boots with the sweatpants thing really got me because... I oftentimes wear sweatpants in boots when I'm doing laundry. Yes. Just because I grab whatever's around and I do not look good. I'm not even being self-deprecating. It's just a fact. I look horrible (laughs) and it's embarrassing for everyone around me. But she looks amazing. What is it about like the way she styles these that like look great and they don't look disastrous? Well, I think what's interesting if you look at her style trajectory is like, she and of course, like there are all of these. The other thing that's so great about her is that she's so um, she was so focused on her appearance and not in a I mean, sometimes in a bad way, but for the most part, in a really interesting and like fascinating, really uh, kind of way um, that I think like if you look at the beginning of her career where she's sort of like her career as a princess, where right. she is wearing these kind of very British clubby kind of preppy clothes um, and the whimsical sweaters and that sort of thing. And then she sort of like moves into this what's called dynasty die period in the late 80s and early 90s where her marriage is starting. to And like this sounds like crazy and paranoid, but this is actually like many other people, including like her friends, (laughs) like Tina Brown, have like documented this. Um, You know, she's like kind of struggling in her marriage. So she's like, how do I start to use clothing as armor? You know, if I'm going to get photographed all the time and I'm going to look at photograph after photograph of myself every morning to see what people are saying about me and whether or not I'm winning or losing in this like press battle, like I better look like I'm winning. Yeah. So, you know, she started wearing a lot of these kind of like big shoulder pads and sequins. And then in the 90s when... Um, she and Prince Charles formally separated and then she sort of started to do a lot of her own public work um, and humanitarian work. She, you know, kind of wanted to look, I think, like relaxed and probably felt too, like much more relaxed and confident and happy. I mean, a lot of like the opening scene of Tina Brown's book, for example, um, which is like such an amazing it's like the ur text of Diana, except and also like Hillary Mantle has written some really cool stuff, too. But um, she just for from all reports in the pa- in the last couple of years of her life, she was like really happy. And I think you see that in these kind of whimsical combinations of clothing where she's like, OK, like I just want to wear a sweatsuit, but also like. I'm still kind of that person who in the early and mid 80s was like wearing very fussy kind of matching things with like pie crust, you know, ruffled collars and that sort of thing. So she's going to like still sort of pull that thread through of whimsy and that sort of thing. Yeah, one for thing, sure. I feel like one of the pictures that you included of her with the bicycle shorts on and the Fly Atlantic, Virgin Atlantic shirt mm-hmm. That one I've seen a lot. Once I had it as my phone background, but it made me wow. sad because she died. Indeed. And so and then I had to change it to a picture of Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I feel like that's such an iconic picture. And I just don't understand. It's it's like so baffling how she can make bike shorts and a sweatshirt look so freaking chic and like the none of us like none of us could. And we're looking at this as a print, a black and white printout, but I believe these are like peach colored. Right. Yeah, yeah, the shorts are peach colored. I mean, I, I think also she it's funny because she's actually is wearing performance running shoes. They're by this Japanese brand called Mizuno. Hmm. Um, but I think, you know, she the way that she would kind of stack her socks and like style these yes. high tops. It's like she really knew she had amazing legs. Yes. You know, she does, and sure. she did. Look yeah. at those. Good grief. And so I think she was like really like you know, looking at herself in the mirror and like sort of putting these things together in the way that we would put together. Like, and not for nothing, she's younger than me in this picture. <laughs> How old is she? I would say this is early 90s. So she she died at 36. So she must be 31. Yeah. Like 31, 32, 33 in this picture. Yeah. So what um, is it about her street style that's different from the style that she presented on the red carpet or at like fancy events where she was, I mean, she knew she'd be photographed every single day of her life. But what is it that's different between 
these images that we're staring at where we're like, oh, wow, look at her. She's wearing loose fitting pants just like me. And then the pictures where she's wearing like Versace. Versace. <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> Our one reference. <laughs> like the Versace dress. Well, I think actually what's um, interesting about those like sort of two universes is that and what makes the street style so successful is that she put as much like thought and consideration into the street style as she did into the Versace and the Victor Edelstein and that sort of thing. I mean, I think she was really like it's funny, like if you look at like photographs of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, which like on Instagram, I like often will compare the two. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen will wear these very kind of like, uh, you know, like athletic garments, you know, like they'll wear a lot of sweatpants and like flip flops and that sort of thing. But you can you're like, did they get maybe those sweatpants like taken in at the tailor? Oh, interesting. And like oh. hemmed to like a certain so that they have the perfect oh, like break people. on the sweatpants. And I think that like she was really doing the same thing. I mean, I think that she was really thinking and I, I think, you know, as she became like more and more skilled with clothing it was maybe more instinctive for her but it's pretty clear to me like when she's wearing a navy virgin atlantic sweatshirt and like orange shorts and like these socks that are kind of perfectly bunched you're like she was really thinking about like how does clothing like look good and loose and natural like kind of in the way that like men's clothing often does you know the idea is like even if you're wearing a blazer like it feel it really fits your body and it's sort of like sitting on you in a very natural way um, so one thing I want to ask. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I have a question. Well, I have a question. I have I a question to quote, for Rachel. I wanted to quote her article to her. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get this one out. Um, I have a question, and this might be unanswerable. And if you don't have an answer, I forgive Mine you. Mine is answerable. <laughs> I forgive you. But I'm really – so many of these outfits um, have a hat or sweatshirt or shirt that is a brand or that is, like, very clearly American. The Harvard shirt, the sweatshirt that she's worn um, – that she was always photographed wearing the Northwestern sweatshirt, the the Phillies, the Philadelphia jacket. Phillies jacket, yeah. which I'm gonna give a quick shout out to my high school classmate, Molly Mulshine, who I know is a listener of the pod, who uh, is a Phillies fan and got t-shirts made for tailgating of that image. Wow. It's a great, if you're gonna tailgate for the Phillies, it's a great image of her wear, of Princess Diana wearing a Phillies jacket. Like how did Princess Diana wind up in a Phillies jacket or in any of this like American garb? Before, or what was she trying to say? Before you respond, this actually is very similar to my question, Dovetail. which makes sense given our relationship. <laughs> but I was going to ask about what you said about her wearing the like Mountie hat, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police hat. Yeah. So actually, it's funny you should ask that because I think that um, even though it seems really unorthodox, my instinct is that it's actually like pretty closely related to like the normal stuff that royals do which Mm -hmm. is like you go to dinners and you're like seated next to someone and you have to figure out how to talk to them and Mm. you know ask that you like actually once my wow this is like a really drop but my parents like had dinner with prince charles and excuse me (laughs) and your mom needs to be on this podcast (laughs) immediately where is she (laughs) he asked them they live in in delaware and he said are a lot of buildings there made of bricks and (laughs) what and because someone prepared that for him in a packet. Who the is heck that? What Delaware is known for? I thought it was for its tax breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and Joe Biden. Yeah, and Joe Biden. Um, yeah, but um, I think it's like a lot of kind of getting into these hyper specific kind of like local questions and hmm. like intelligence. And so, like for example, with that Eagles jacket, she went to Grace Kelly's oh, did funeral. I say Phillies. Oh my god, I'm the worst. Oh no, it's okay. The Eagles. You did say Eagles. Phillies, but yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was about to say, what about the Eagles? Yeah, the yeah. Eagles. Sorry. The so Eagles. she went to Grace Kelly's funeral sat next to a statistician for the Eagles at the funeral and just sort of struck up this conversation with him and she was like well what are your team colors a classic kind of royal question you could see any of our modern royals what are your team colors (laughs) and thank you and he was like well they're green and silver and she was like those are my favorite colors and so he informed the owner of the Eagles that you know oh she you know Princess Diana loves these colors and so he had some custom jackets made for her and that was one of them and she just really loved that jacket and you actually see her wear that a number of times oh my god you knew the origin story of the philadelphia eagles jacket i thought it was unanswerable you know your stuff i mean i don't know i don't know how exactly she got the harvard sweatshirt or yeah. like the northwestern sweatshirt but you know you just kind of imagine that she's going to all of these events like yeah almost it- every single night and 
Isn't the Northwestern sweatshirt kind of magical, though, because that's where Megan went? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's really a blessing. Yeah. It is. It's it's special. It's just like a lion. (laughs) Right. From the Lifetime movie. It's a lion. Is it Northwestern, the lions? It might make it that could be totally. Oh, I honestly don't know. Or are they like the big purple? There's something really weird. I think they're the purple, one of those situations. The only thing I know about is hockey. And it's just because (laughs) I'm related to a bunch of Canadian men. Yeah. But also, women can like hockey. It's, of course, you can. You're a Canadian woman certainly can. Yes. Proud of you. Anyway. Fascinating. So, this was amazing. Fascinating. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So can I start? Please. I have two lows. That's great. Can you spread them around? Also, yeah. <laughs> I can I can lend one to Rachel if, ne- if necessary. But um, I don't. Uh, they're both. I'm going to put them together because they're both semantics, right? And they are revealing me as the grammar nerd editor writer that I am. So one, and I started, oh God. So number one is that on their Earth Day Instagram post um, on the Sussex Royal, Harry and Meghan used every day, used the wrong every day, which is my- Wasn't it every one? So I'll, I'll get right there. So Sorry. they did, it's something that all of us can do, something along the lines of, you know, we can all make a change. It's something that all of us can do every day as one word. Wow. That's my number one. It's a random one, but as editors, I think we all have them. That's my number one grammatical pet peeve. Every day is an instance of something when you're referring to time. Every day as one word is an adjective that can run like right before a noun, like my everyday sneakers. That's the only time it should be one word. This drives me crazy. Um, There have been other grammatical errors in the Sussex Royal captions and it's making me nuts and I hate just to I hate being critical of them ever but like I hate that and I tweeted about it and people um nobody like dragged me for it but it was actually worse I got Megan haters in my mentions who were like you're absolutely right she has terrible grammar because she's an idiot and I was like oh my god oh my god no I don't agree with you at all she's a magical genius I don't want to be one of you who hates on Megan for everything so I like I'm mad at the account and I'm mad at myself. And then the other thing is that um, the White House announced that Donald Trump will be going to visit, will be doing an official state visit with the British royals um, in the first week of June. And in the announcement from the White House, the official press release, um, they called her Her Royal Majesty Queen Elizabeth, which is not how you refer to Queen Elizabeth. It's Her Majesty. Her her Royal Majesty is not a thing. And uh, Rebecca English at the Daily Mail tweeted something in horror. She just did like the, the horror emoji. And that's correct. Her Royal Majesty. Yikes. So those are my two. I have a comment that's not a low. And I'll just say this really shows the importance of copy editors. And I'm so grateful every day for what copy editors do for me. Yes. Um, and then my low will be that last night I watched an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that included a musical number about what it's like to give birth. And so now I'm really like thinking about Megan and I'm yeah. so sorry that she has to go through it. So really in our off hours when we're not on the British Royals, we're reading books and watching TV that remind us of Meghan Markle giving birth. And so she is always on our mind. Um, how about you? Okay, so my low is sort of related to what you were saying and maybe you guys can help me fill in some details here but like earlier it was either early this week or late last week that I was reading a story about how Prince Charles in a letter used some Americanized spellings oh did oh, you yes. guys see this? I saw it because I have a tweet deck column about the <laughs> yeah. news. And people were sort of freaking out about this and suggesting that in the Daily Mail of course that uh that that Meghan Markle's is like infiltrating is, his words, is writing his <laughs> ghost writing. They, like everyone was like, Instagram captions have been amazing. Please now write all the royal correspondence. Wow. I mean, she's a calligrapher. Was it with official calligraphy? <laughs> yeah. While doing her calligraphy thing, she used Z's instead of S's yeah. in those words. Wow, I hadn't seen that. Um, I'm so glad you're bringing it to my attention, and also it goes with my sort of grammar and spelling theme. Right. Um, that's fascinating and how powerful do people think Meghan Markle is just wondering also she's maybe on bed rest and or holding a baby like I don't at this point so I don't know that she's doing a lot of letter writing yeah I don't know I feel like on behalf of the air you could do calligraphy if you're (laughs) not giving birth it's a good hobby while you're sitting still and waiting it would be like really like you could see her sort of saying like oh there are a couple of ways in which I really want to be British and she's like my correspondence (laughs) (laughs) That's 
excellent. Um, okay. Uh, my high is the Prince Louis birthday photos, obviously. My high is having Rachel on the show. Oh, <sighs> well, now I'm, what am I now? Un- ungracious. <laughs> my low is this moment with Lisa. Um, <laughs> no, that's, we, it was wonderful having you here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh my God, I'm so, this was really fun. Wait, so what's fun. your high? Oh, my high, I would have to say, like actually thinking about it more is really that dog sweater because I think <laughs> you could really draw a direct connection between that dog sweater and like Princess Diana's knits. That's, <gasps> yeah, you, in one of the images in your slideshow is um, when she wore like a bunny or a sheep a sweater? sheep sweater with one black sheep because oh. she has the one black sheep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Truly, we could be unpacking this topic with you for this years. This is the most valuable sweater available on the secondary market. That's It goes so, for, like, so really? Almost $1,000. Really? Yeah. Like, like, on eBay and stuff? Who is it by? A company called Warm and Wonderful. Wow. That sounds nice. Does it still yeah. exist? That sounds warm and wonderful. The, the woman who designs it is still making sweaters, but not under that brand name. Wow. Oh okay, God. fascinating. I did also read that that doggy sweater is already sold out, obviously. Um, I included it in my head. I mean, the headline <laughs> yeah. for my article, I said, he's wearing a doggy sweater. So, so he's got the Markle Sparkle also. Yeah. Whatever he wears gets sold out immediately. The Louis word that rhymes with Louis. Louis Kaflui. Sure. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Someone's a professional writer. <laughs> okay, so you guys can drop us an email at infogallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. And please remember to su- subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review from Catherine Sacco. Um, it's, do you want to read it? I do. And can I just say, I love the way this was written, Catherine, because it reads like um, marketing copy in the best possible way. And so I'm going to read it in a commercial voice. Okay. Please do. Alone in your love of the royals, looking at Instagram pics of the Cambridges and Sussexes and want to know more about what they were doing? Listen to these ladies. They'll be there to give you the ears the same. Pi- Sorry. They'll, <laughs> they'll be there to give your ears the same fulfillment of royals that all the Instagram accounts do for your eyes. Want to know a little more about royal life from the past? They'll tell you this week in royal history want a guest to chime in with their take on all things royal like rachel they have those too so if you aren't driving which i am when i'm listening to them grab a cocktail or royal refreshment and enjoy these ladies as they take you through your weekly dose of all things royal you did an all right job (laughs) i hope i get another five-star review just for that portrayal thank you Catherine. yes please keep leaving us five-star reviews and detailed descriptions like this how great the podcast is. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, you guys can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at The Cut. Caitlin? You, you can follow me at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. How about you, Rachel? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at The Prophet Pizza and read That's my an writing amazing on GQ.com. That's an amazing handle. And as she briefly mentioned, and if we had more time, I would definitely delve into this as well. She does a lot of, Rachel does a lot of comparing of Princess Diana photos with Mary Kate Olsen. Often Mary Kate Olsen, yeah. not Ashley photos. So, a lot of times, it's both. It both? goes both okay. ways. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're twins. They're twins. Yeah. It's you hard know? to tell. And they do have similar style. So it's just a very fun series. <laughs> Highly recommend. All right. So until next week, God save the pod. If we don't have a baby by next week. <laughs> I'm flipping this microphone. I can't take it anymore. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.